Welcome, welcome to Financially Savvy Girl podcast. This is episode 12, and this is the podcast where we provide financial intelligence for your personal financial growth. You will see that I'll go through a series of topics to help us prepare for the unexpected. In this particular episode, I sit down with Carlos Harris, an expert on insurance, so that we can really cover what are some insurance that you may need and how do you choose your policy and deductible? What are some of the questions that you should be asking as well when considering what to be covered for in So stay tuned and make sure to press on the follow button so that you can receive future episodes. Welcome, welcome y'all to episode 12 of the Financially Savvy Girl podcast. Preparing for the unexpected by being properly insured with the one and only Carlos Harris. That is Carlos, guys, with a U, not an O. So, Mr. (laughs) Harris, welcome, welcome, Carlos. Listen, it's a pleasure to be on Financially Savvy. I think what you're doing is incredible. You know, if you think about the fact that you're transforming lives with information, a lot of times people think information alone is powerful, but... I always know it's the application of information that brings transformation. And what you're doing, you're transforming a generation, which I think is awesome. So it's my privilege to be on your show. Well, thank you so much. And thank you so much for your kind words. Coming from you definitely means a lot. Uh, Guys, you know, we don't just have anyone here today on the podcast. I kind of want to introduce you a little bit, Carlos, so that our listener really know the caliber of the information and the knowledge that we'll be receiving today. Uh, So Carlos is a regional vice president with a very prominent financial service, the largest independent financial service marketing organization in North America. He has developed three independent financial service offices in Ottawa region and, uh, over 100 licensed representatives have been represented through him. So it is such a pleasure to have you here. He has a background, educational background in business. In addition to that, he was also one of the uh, regional logistic analysts for Coca-Cola in the past. And so, you know, and he is a serial entrepreneur as well. So we definitely have a wealth of knowledge in our midst today. And I am so looking forward to this interview. And you are essentially an expert when it comes to insurance, right? Yeah, I, I would consider myself to be an expert. And uh, I think insurance is important. I think, you know, if you think about it, uh, nobody wants to use their spare tire. Right. I mean, if you drive a car, you probably have a spare tire in the trunk somewhere. You're not hoping to use it, but if it's necessary, then you will use it. And I find insurance to be like that. It's not something you want to use, but it's necessary to have that vehicle and have that car as a spare tire as a backup. So I consider myself to be very uh, um, informed when it comes to insurance of all sorts anyway. That is awesome. Yeah. Uh, As important as insurance are, I also think that it can be really confusing and it's hard for people to really know, you know, what is it that they need? What is it that they want? You know, what are the insurances that they absolutely need to have? And you also have some people who are just really overly insured, right? right. Because they're so afraid to lack something and they have 
more insurance than they really need, so they're not really saving right. uh, in terms of their cost. Uh, and then you have other people who simply don't even want to deal with knowing about the insurance. So they <laughs> just right. put it under the rug and hope yeah. that they can deal with this tomorrow. And when tomorrow comes, it's too late. And yeah. here they are dealing with the unexpected yeah. without being properly insured for that. Right. So this is why we really wanted to have you on the show. So I guess, you know, the starting point would be I just want to essentially ask you, you know, there are so many different types of insurance out there in healthcare. Uh, healthcare insurance, auto insurance, life insurance, accidental insurance, what would you say essentially <laughs> are the must-have basic insurance that everyone Yeah, that's need? it's a great question. Uh, that's a great question, actually. Thank you for that question. I think insurance can be complicated, and the industry uh, sometimes can seem to be complicated, but it's simple. It's just that it's complicated in its simplicity. And so insurance is needed at uh, each stage. I mean, I'm thinking maybe an 18-year-old that starts to drive a car. You know, it's probably right. a good idea not to go on the road without car insurance, right? right. And uh, But if you think about that same 18-year-old 10 years later, perhaps buying their first home, you know, maybe newlywed, right? So as a newlywed, you probably need diapers. You probably need a car seat, but you also need term insurance, right? right. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it comes in different stages. And then probably you look at somebody maybe in their 40s, early 50s, at this point in life, perhaps they've accumulated a lot of wealth. Uh, maybe they've done well in life. That same 18-year-old is now 50-something. Maybe they have a million, two million dollars, and they're concerned about now passing money on to another generation. And so there's different insurance needs at each point. And I think when it comes to health insurance, we live in a great country uh, where, unlike our friends south of the border, I mean, Typically, they would need to purchase health insurance. But here in Canada, normally every group, you know, if you work for a great corporation or even the government, you should have some sort of protection. So I think it's it's a great question, but it's really based on individual needs. Right. And I think, unfortunately, for a lot of people, they've never taken the time to sit down and really go through an analysis to figure out what type of insurance policies they need and for how long. And so I think to answer your question in, in, instead of going around too long here, I would say it's based on individual needs. Bigger families may have bigger needs and uh, individual families, single mom, single dad and that kind of stuff, you know. So it's it's based really on individual stuff and we need to customize the plans based on that situation. Okay. Does that help? Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. you've said something there that really struck with me uh, when you spoke about the 18-year-old driving and then later on, uh, you know, becoming a newlywed and needing a different type of insurance. You know, you also touched on the fact, essentially, by saying mm -hmm. that, that at different stage in your right. life, you may right. need to also review yeah. right. the policies that you have right. so that you make sure that, you know, whatever it used yeah. to fit your needs five, ten years ago, depending right. on your circumstance, may change. That's right. Right? Uh, right. You know, you acquire more more yeah. wealth. That's you right. may need a different type of insurance. That's you, right. Uh, start building a family, you may need yeah. to review your plan as well. So that's right. that's really that's really interesting. Mm -hmm. um, so would you say, you know, fundamentally, life insurance, everybody needs life insurance? I, I would say, you know, again, it really depends on the need. But I would say if you were to assess an average individual that is working, right. and let's say there's somebody that is dependent on that person's income, and I've had people ask me, you know, well, Carlos, I don't really have any dependents. So if I was to pass away, 
you know, economically wouldn't matter. But then the same individual, I'll ask them, well, do you have any favorite charities that you normally contribute to? And they, they'll say, yes, I, right. I, I'm, I'm a big uh, advocate of charities. And then I'd ask them, you know, well, would you like to leave money behind for that charity? And, and if so, how much? And then they would say, yes, of course. Right. So there could be a need there. And so I think on a basic level, life insurance, 90 plus percent of people will eventually need life insurance. And if you assess their income and all that kind of stuff, then you can come up with a number that would actually make sense, right? So if you think about a family with uh, married with two children, uh, maybe think of a millennial generation today with two children and just moving into a home, you know, there's a need for life insurance. You know, if you lost the breadwinner, you know, where's that income coming from? Right. You know, especially right. if the, the, the spouse cannot work, you know, so we have to assess at every point. And I think it's not it's not exciting. Like nobody goes to a party. Hey, I have an idea. Let's talk about life insurance. Like it just doesn't <laughs> happen, right? But it's one of those necessary things. Unfortunately, yeah. nobody gets out of life alive. And so the reality is we need to prepare for those unforeseen circumstances that could happen prematurely. Right. So and and frankly, everybody will die. I yeah. mean, that's yeah. a certainty in yeah, life. Sure. Right. And I think when people are um, you know, hesitant to look into life insurance, you know, for me, it's always, well, what exactly do you want to leave behind? You That's know, right. as we get married, build families, start businesses, we come to realize that more and more that life insurance becomes such a sound financial plan because right. there are people depending yeah. on you. That's right. right? So That's uh, right. what do you want to leave them with? Do you want to leave them with uh, essentially... Uh, insurance coverage a policy <laughs> or do you want to yeah. leave them with absolutely no type yeah. of um financial coverage recourse or coverage right. when you're not there especially yeah. if you are a substantial bread winner for the family so that's uh that's one of the consideration as well right for so sure. um yeah. Okay, and you you touched a great point there. If you don't mind me jumping in, oh please, we're living in the debt generation, you know, and oh, yeah. so in this debt generation, it's interesting because it seems that I was studying, uh, reading the Vanier Institute, and they do sort of studies on Canadian families, and they're saying fifty percent of all homes are mortgaged, over fifty percent. That's crazy. Uh, over fifty percent of all cars on the road are on loans. Yeah. Okay. Half of the students graduating from their programs have student loans. Oh, yes. Okay. And majority of the groceries being bought in the grocery store are in credit cards. So just imagine the debt generation. So if you pass away prematurely, God forbid, right? And your family doesn't have a replacement of that income. Right. How long does it take before the survivors are in a bad situation? It doesn't exactly. take too long. And so because we're in this debt generation, people need to be very conscious of the fact that insurance is definitely a necessary thing. So not just necessary to leave your loved ones with something, but also to cover your liability Absolutely. should you leave prematurely, <laughs> right, right? Right. That's that's a really mm -hmm. good point. Wow. Okay. So what would you say are essentially three questions everyone should ask? Yeah. So that's a great uh, question that you've asked, in fact. What I would be asking my agent, okay, number one, I would be asking my agent, are you able to customize my insurance needs? Because my insurance needs will change over time. So for example, if I have a mortgage that's a 25-year mortgage, are you able to protect my, my mortgage for 25 years? Perhaps I have some debt 
that I can get paid off in 10 years, credit card, student loan, car loan, you know, maybe I'm on a tab with my iPhone and I'm worried about losing it and all that kind of stuff. So maybe I'll ask him, can you give me another term to protect uh, my debt? Would you be able to protect my children's education? You right. know, I plan to pay for that education 100%. But what happens if I pass away prematurely? Are you able to implement uh, an insurance policy that will cover that? You know, right. uh, what about final expenses, funeral costs? You know, are you able to insert that in the coverage and then replacement of income for my spouse, you know, the survivor? Are you able to put all those things together in one policy? And then I'd also want to know what about my spouse? Are you able to add my spouse to the same policy? Because one of the challenges with life insurance is if you're paying for two separate policies, you're paying two separate policy fees. Right. And then if you add your children and all that, you're paying another policy fee. So it becomes very expensive. And I'd want to know question two, um, you know, are you able to put all those things together, one policy for the entire family? And then I want to know all the other benefits that's included in your policy. You know, if, if I get sick and I can't pay the insurance, that kind of stuff, do you have things in place? So I think those three things would be very key to ask an agent. And uh, I'd be, you know, interested to see how they respond to that for sure. That's that's really yeah. good. These are really good nuggets. Uh, so essentially, you can actually have one policy for the family. Yeah. And that would save you cost. It saves you a lot of cost. And uh, the good thing is probably agents don't like this, but uh, the agent gets paid once. You exactly. Know? And, As opposed and, and to getting paid <laughs> like twice three, or times, three, four times. Right. Because right? typically you could do it all in one policy and it's better, better off for the family. Absolutely. And... So it's important for consumers to be able to know these questions so they can ask because obviously the agent will not necessarily be forthcoming in giving that as an option because, well, you know, from a cost right. perspective, he gets more money <laughs> if, you know, you're giving all these different policies as opposed to yeah. this bundle policy right. for the family. Well, the reality is life insurance is sold. And, right. uh, you know, and, and there are good agents in the industry, but just like anywhere else, there are people that are, you know, out there to make uh, to make more profit than necessary. Right. And so the questions are really key because what it does, it keeps the agent accountable. And, and, and so when they know that you understand what you're talking about, then they're more prone to make sure that they implement the correct solutions for the family. That's 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 yeah. really good. Uh, what about deductibles? Deductibles, it's interesting because uh, it's based on what you can afford, right? And so if a person is comfortable paying X amount of premium per month uh, with having a low deductible, then probably they should go ahead and, and do that. But if, if money is, if you go through your budget, which I highly recommend before going for any insurance policies, always look at your budget and see what you can afford. Because unfortunately, my experience in, in sitting down with so many families, the first thing that a person drops from their budget that happens to be their life insurance that or, or so their insurance sad. payment, which is really sad when they get into a tight spot. Not Rogers, not Bell, not, right. you know, it's the life insurance. Not it seems the, like uh, <laughs> subscription, not the subscription, Netflix, <laughs> yeah, right? Your monthly subscriptions your monthly that you so, don't need. <laughs> so make sure that this is something that you're able to afford a dollar per day, $2 per day, whatnot to protect your family. And then use your deductibles accordingly to, uh, modify the premium per month. What about yeah. if somebody, in addition to that, also just wanted to know, like, how do they determine 
how much life insurance do they actually need? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Very good question. You know, I, I always say to people, it's like buying cars. You know, if you bought a Mercedes, I'm not a big car guy, but, you know, the latest Mercedes with all the bells and whistles, you probably want to get, you know, cover to cover, bumper to bumper coverage, right? And, but, you know, I, I like I roll in a Toyota, you know, it's not like, you know, Yay, it's not like, yeah, you know, <laughs> you see me rolling my, you know, probably it's going to cost me less to ensure that, you know, uh, you know, versus the big Mercedes or whatnot. And so the, the, the point I'm trying to make is it's really based on need, right? And so the person, different families have different needs uh, based on where they want to go in life. And that's why it's very important that you sit down with a person that's intelligent enough to go through your needs and push you to the point where you understand that every area of your needs are covered. And this is based, you said it's based on needs, but it's also, uh, would you say that, you know, as an agent, you would factor their, the person's income, their debt, um, yeah, you know, right. these are all part of the, the calculation that's, yeah. that's factor in there to sort right. of come up with that's what's right. the coverage goal as well yeah. of the family and what should be the coverage. Yeah, just like anything else, our industry, there's a rule of thumb. Uh, you know, 10 times your income is typically the rule if you can't factor in all these um, requirements or whatnot. But again, you're right, 100%. Let's look at how much debt the person has. Let's look at mortgage. Let's look at education uh, cost replacement, final expense. Let's look at cash replacement. And sometimes people have uh, life insurance at work through their group plans. And right. some people say, well, I, I intend to stay in my job for a long time. So maybe I can use that to offset some of my personal insurance needs. And so you're 100% right. There are some things specifically that we need to look at and uh, make sure that we do that analysis before we take on any solutions. So if somebody has insurance through their work, yeah, and let's say that it's a, a whole yeah. um, insurance as right. opposed to term insurance. Right. Yeah. Um, can you just tell us, firstly, what's the difference between whole and term insurance? Yeah. Uh, and what are some of the consideration when you're deciding? Because my question after that will be essentially, yeah. if you have whole, should you be getting term <laughs> yeah, that's outside right. of your work? Right? That's right. I mean, it's, it's, it's a great debate. Uh, and I think in our insurance industry, this has been a debate for years and years. Which insurance is best for me and my family? Is it a permanent life insurance or is it, is it a temporary term insurance for a period of time? And I'll just read you uh, some quotes here from Susie Orman. Susie Orman yes. is licensed in 51 states, okay? So she's a, an expert. Um, I think she's I think it's only in Hawaii or something that she's not licensed. But anyway, so she says on her show, I strongly believe that term insurance is the best insurance for the vast majority of people. Um, there's another quote I'll give you. And this is from Dave Ramsey. Yeah, uh, Dave Ramsey Uncle says, Dave. "Yeah, Uncle Dave, man." <laughs> he says, "Term life is the only life insurance you should get." He's very bold. And then I'm reading this book, uh, "Getting Rich" by Dennis Cavier and Alan Lysat. They yes. also wrote another book called "The ABCs of Making Money." Right. And they wrote this book, "Getting Rich," and they pretty much said in the book on page 50, the simplest insurance to purchase is term insurance. Now, what what's my uh, belief. I believe 100% that if you're a young family just starting out in life and you do not have an estate yet worth a million, two million dollars, okay, then you don't necessarily have a need for any other insurance other than term insurance. 
because term insurance gives you the most protection during the stage in life that you need it when your children are young, when you have high debt, you don't necessarily have a lot of money saved up yet, all those things. But in the later stages in life, you could be there. You could, you know, have a net worth of two, three million dollars that, you know, if you pass away, you're worried that your children might pay too much taxes, right? Right. And so at that stage in life, there could be a need for other type of insurances to protect your estate. Right. But I think for the vast majority of people that are not at that point yet, term insurance just makes perfect sense. Okay. And right? when you get to that point, would you say that it would be a matter of adding uh, whole or permanent insurance to 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 your policy, uh, or completely terminating your term insurance and just comp- changing. So I, I had this discussion with a client of mine the other day, and and I said to him, "Well, you're you're financially independent. You've hit your number. Right. Okay, so you have this million dollars saved up now. Um, I don't personally think you need this half a million dollars of insurance anymore." And he said, you're right, and I don't want to pay for it. And then I said to him, but when you pass away, you will, you will then give this uh, money to your children, right? And he said, yes. And I said, well, what if they need to pay $100,000 of taxes to get this money? So instead of getting a million, they will only get $900,000. Right. And he said, that's more than I got when, I, when my parents <laughs> passed away, right? So, so in other words, he didn't care too much about the fact that they would lose $100,000 to taxes but then you have other people that would say, no, I, I don't want that. I, I want them to get the full 100000 And so perhaps they would buy a permanent life insurance policy at that point, right, that would cover the 100000 So it really depends on the individual. And we can only assess that need at that time. But let's look at today, where that person is at, how much money they have saved up. So I guess this is what you mean by really it's a customized plan that you need to have. Yeah, that's right. And I mean, to answer your question about the workplace, I think workplace insurance, I always look at it as though it's cherry on the cake. Um, I own the cake, which is my personal life insurance. And whatever I get from my workplace, I consider as cherry on the cake. Because if I leave the workplace, the life insurance doesn't necessarily leave with me because it's owned by the employer. And so people debate whether or not they should have more insurance other than their workplace insurance. And I always say, well, it depends. If you plan on leaving, then you probably should. But if you know you're guaranteed a job for the next 30, 40 years and you will not leave, then maybe you want to risk having that work thing. So it's a great question, but it really depends on the person. More consideration for people, you know, when they're making that decision, for sure. Well, Carlos, thank you so much for coming to the Financially Savvy Girl podcast. You've left us with so much to consider in this important decision of knowing what to be insured for and uh, what coverage, what are the deductible, and essentially how to prepare yourself for the unexpected. And every guest who comes on the podcast, we ask this question. And uh, as you know, this is a finance and financial intelligence podcast. So My question to you is, what is the biggest financial mistake that you have made in your personal finance? That is a fantastic question. You got me thinking on this one. You know, I would say uh, I started working at age 13. And unfortunately, I did not know the rules of the money game. My mom did really well in terms of making sure we were educated and, and study and all that stuff. She was a teacher. My dad was a teacher. 
but we did not have too many uh, sessions on how money works. And so I started investing way too late in life. You know, I started learning the investment game way too late. And if I had to go back, uh, I would be putting my money in some sort of investment vehicle from age 13 for sure. I'd say that's my number one mistake that I've made. So um, how old would you say you were when you started investing? I started investing probably at age 23. I bought my first house at age uh, 22. Um, I read a book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Oh, yes. And, Robert, uh, Kiyosaki. Robert Kiyosaki. right? <laughs> and The Wealthy Barber. And um, yes. I never rented since I moved out of my parents' um, home. I bought my first house. and But I, I think I could have started way earlier, for sure. Right. And I guess, you know, what lessons did you learn from that? Yeah, the lesson is start investing now. I think most people today, they pay everybody else first before they pay themselves. They pay the cell phone bill, they pay the car loan, they pay, you know, all these things. But the first thing you should do is pay yourself. I mean, exactly. you, you deserve it, right? You've exactly. worked hard in this winter and all that. And uh, for sure, pay yourself first. That's probably the best advice I can give. That's true. And this is what we... Teach here at the Financially Savvy Girl podcast. You pay yourself first before you pay any creditors. Mm -hmm. So again, people, stay financially savvy. And Carlos, thank you so much for coming. If you want to get a hold of Carlos, you have some questions about insurance or you want to uh, retain his services, you can always find him on Facebook. That's right. And on Facebook, you go by Carlos, C-A-R-L-U-S. L-U-S, that's right. The U is for unique, so I might be the only Carlos you'll find on Facebook, right? I hope. And last name Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S. That's right. You got it. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Cheers. Take hold of your freedom. Take hold of your future with the financial savvy.